Hello, this is Leela Viss, and welcome to Key Ideas. Piano teaching doesn't come bundled with ready-made solutions. This podcast highlights some brilliant options for innovative piano teachers just like you. Today, I share this spotlight episode with longtime and dear friend, Tim Topham. About seven years ago, I had never heard of Tim Topham. The first time I saw his name was when he commented on my blog post about improvising with a heart and soul pattern. Since then, our paths have crossed while sharing webinars, podcasts, and meetings at conferences. In 2017, Tim traveled to Colorado and stayed at my home when Bradley Sowash and I invited Tim to guest star at our 88 Creative Keys workshop. It's hard to believe that in just seven short years, Tim has built an extraordinary empire that offers world-class courses and support to piano and music teachers around the world. Obviously, Tim's busy. How did he do it? How does he keep things rolling? Especially now as he raises a family. Does Tim's battery run low? Does he ever crash? And if so, how does he reboot? You'll hear his answers and much more. But first, here's the scoop on Tim's accomplishments. Tim Topham is on a mission to inspire and empower the instrumental music teachers of the world to create the most innovative, uplifting, and motivating lessons possible. Tim helps teachers maximize student engagement through creativity, technology, and innovation whilst providing the training and resources they need to run streamlined studio businesses. He co-hosts the popular TopCast podcast, blogs regularly at topmusic.com, and speaks at local and international conferences on topics including pedagogy, business, marketing, and entrepreneurship. Now here's Leela and Tim. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Tim Topham. I think we could only call him Tim and everyone would know who I'm talking about. Tim, it's great to have you here. Thanks so much for being here with me and taking some time off your busy schedule to be with me. Leela, it's a pleasure. And uh, in actual fact, this week, I need a bit of a deep breath and hanging out with a friend. So I'm all, I'm all good with this one. <laughs> ah, so now that sparks some curiosity in me. How can someone like Tim Topham feel like he needs a break. You seem like you have it all together. So uh, well, fill us in. Yeah. <laughs> well, just, just like anyone, uh, you, you, see the, you might see the duck on the top of the water, but the legs are going <laughs> a million miles an hour underneath. And, and they really have been, Leela, since March, since the pandemic hit, I, I feel like I've been uh, running, just sprinting and sprinting and sprinting uh, and treading water in a lot of ways. And, you know, just keeping things, feeling like I'm just keeping on top of things, just keeping things ticking over, even though I'm, I've just not stopped. Uh, and the challenge, of course, with um, uh, having two kids, remote learning, uh, being in a lockdown, which we've been in for an extended period of time now. We've had two hard lockdowns uh, in Melbourne and the second one, this one we've been in for two months or something now. It's just been absolutely relentless. 
And uh, yeah, it's caught up with me more recently that I, I haven't had a break since March and we all need to take that time. And I encourage other people to take the time, but sometimes forget to do it myself. It's that classic, don't do as I do, do as I say. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, and that's what I was going to follow with is the fact that your inner circle is all about you serving the teachers that join your circle. You are looking out for them and providing the best information that you possibly can. So it's interesting that you have found your own brick wall. Mm-hmm. So now we want to know, what does Tim do? How is Tim finding his way back out of this hole? And especially, you've got this booming business and you've got kids and you got instant kids. You didn't have kids that grew with you. Right. Most of us, not all of us, but most of us have a baby that we can adjust to. But suddenly you took on some foster children quite quickly and that's a major adjustment. So fill us in on how Tim is figuring out, figuring out. <laughs> making it up as I go, Leela. <laughs> So, yes, we've got our two uh, beautiful boys who joined us. It's almost been two years now uh, and um, love them to bits. They're 10 and 12 and they're brothers uh, and I can't imagine life without them and without being a foster parent now. I think it's just a, a remarkable journey and I'd encourage anyone who's even just had an inkling, a thought about looking after kids to to take that opportunity and, and and run with it or even just try it and see what you think i mean we we just we wouldn't look back now david my husband and i um these these boys are as much a part of our family as if they were our babies i think uh it's just been a remarkable journey it's been, it's not been without challenges I, and i now know the challenges of parenting i think i think being a parent has made me a better teacher and made me much more aware of the realities of what goes on as well. I've been, I was a classroom teacher for 20 years before I had my own kids and I can now see it from that other perspective, the perspective of the parent who's just trying to hold things together sometimes. And we're very lucky, you know, we live in a, in a nice place in a nice house and all that kind of stuff. And there are single parents and parents with lower incomes who are doing it far tougher than us. And it's super tough for us. So I can't imagine how hard it can be for other parents. And you yourself, Leela, I mean, you've, you had um, four kids. Like, I've three, two. just three. Just oh, three, sorry, three. three. You <laughs> have I this imaginary to, one that I don't no, have. I've but. mentioned that before, haven't I? Um, I? I've speak to other people online who've had five. I know. And, like, and they homeschool them. I'm like, <laughs> what, are, what are you doing? Like, I couldn't imagine doing that. Just remarkable. So, look, it, it's, it has... It has given me a, a changed perspective on what's important and what to spend time on. It certainly made me more, even more efficient with the time that I have available to make sure that, yes, when school finishes and before school, I have that opportunity and that time that I can spend with them because that's, that's the important thing to do. Uh, so that, that time between sort of nine and three, uh, let's just go pre-COVID days mm-hmm. when I actually mm-hmm. did have the time between nine and three, <laughs> then, you know, making sure that I was just super organized and knew what, what, what were my goals for that day? What did I really have to do? What was top of the list? Get that done and then be able to have more, more flexibility after school. So that, that, you know, that's a whole new thing. Uh, I had to, um, text my brother and sister who both have kids about you know how much the tooth fairy is paid these days um, 
Yeah, like simple thing, like babysitter. What do I pay a babysitter? Uh, just mm. simple things that a lot of parents who've grown up with children from babies uh, would just take for granted. But uh, we had to, yeah, we had to suddenly learn and ask ask a whole lot of questions. Luckily, I'm very close to my family, so we've got my parents and my sister and brother who have all been super helpful and have um, have also just brought these kids in to our family as 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 you would any other family member they are really just an integral part of the whole extended family now it's wonderful a couple of things come to mind number one you have a huge heart because a lot of people would struggle with what you and david have been doing so that's fascinating and admirable all in itself. And then just to reassure you that all the books that I purchased when we were expecting our first child, I threw out the door because (laughs) none of them applied to my children. There is no manual. There is no manual. We are learning as we go and that we learn from each other. So, okay, maybe I learned a few things from those books, but most of the time my children did not fit in the box that they were supposed Mm. to fit in. And the other thing I thought of is that don't you feel like children help you maintain humbleness and humility like you've never had before in your life? Yeah, yeah, they do. And they they really, they give you another perspective to view the world, Mm -hmm. another lens to view the world through as well. I'll tell you one thing that that I did pick up from friends very early on was um, the, the idea of countdowns. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, you got ten. You got ten, <laughs> right, ten, yeah. ten. seconds to be upstairs and doing your teeth. Ten, nine, eight. Right, like that. And I, <laughs> I hadn't really even thought about this. You don't, as a, as someone without kids. But yeah. the uh, the other play on that was using phones as the timer is really really good because so let's say they've got five minutes of tv time or xbox time to go set the timer on the phone because when the timer goes off that's the thing that has caused the end of their time not you not you yes really good tip for Mm. any Mm -hmm. to be parents out there (laughs) and it's been a win for us (laughs) not that i like my students to time their practice and only practice until the timer goes off but that's not a bad tip if you have a student struggling to mm. practice, maybe just set the timer for five minutes and well, he, go for that. Here's, here's another thing that I've learned. I'm now a parent of two music students oh, yes. for the first time. I've been on the other side of the mm-hmm. practice equation. <laughs> what fun. Ava. What fun. <laughs> yes, please, please tell us more. <laughs> so the eldest uh, learns trumpet, the youngest learns um, guitar, both tried piano. I've tried teaching both piano. That did not work well. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like how, how do you get kids to practice when they're maybe not that inspired right now, or they're, they really want to go and hang out with their friends or they're in a lockdown and just want to play on an Xbox. Yeah. That's, that's, that is a huge challenge. Uh, and the way, uh, and the, the reason I, I mentioned is cause you mentioned time and our oldest keeps to every second that he has to practice. So it's, we're working on 20 minutes and that's, that's okay at the moment. That's good. But it's not 20 minutes and one second. It is 20 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Um, and look, and he's, and he's making progress and that's great. And he, and he actually has to practice in order to earn time for Xbox playing later in the week. So we, we, we do have a trade-off and there's a currency in our family and that is the Xbox because that's what they really love. So to get that. <laughs> 
they've, they've got to do their, they've got to do some exercise and they've got to do some reading and they've got to do the things that we want them to do and we know it is important and then they get that time. But it's, oh my goodness, it's really, that's a challenge. Screens, screens, oh my goodness. Mm. I wish I was in my parents' vintage sometimes. We didn't just, they just didn't have to worry about that. I, well, and this COVID had brought on the idea that we need to be on screens only. And weren't you just fighting this battle to get mm. them away from screens? And now yeah. this is where they need to be all the time. Yeah, Let's go that's back right. to the well, practice a minute. Just, I, I'm curious because it sounds like you are making your son's practice and play an instrument and not necessarily by choice. You are making them do this. Is that correct? Partly. Uh, so... Okay. The trumpet player, the eldest, is he has to play trumpet as part of the year seven program at his school. Oh, okay. But he doesn't have to have lessons and he doesn't have to practice as much as he is practicing. But I am very conscious that it's, I know the importance of the discipline of practice and all the things that, all the benefits we get from music. I don't expect him to be a concert trumpeter. I'm, I'm fine if you that, in fact. And he may not stick on the trumpet, but. I want to make the most of this opportunity that we've got that the school's given us in some ways that he kind of has to do this. So, well, let's, let's make it valuable as possible. The younger, um, our younger son is more naturally inclined to music. He came to us with a guitar. He was already kind of playing. He, he takes to new instruments quite easily, has a really good ear. And so I want to cherish and foster that as much as possible. So one of the things he was really interested in was making beats like the underscore of a rap, so mm -hmm. that beat and drums and bass. Mm -hmm. So he, um, we invested for him in some software that allows him to do that and we found a teacher, this 15-year-old in, um, in New York, actually, a friend, a son's friend. Is that right? Son's friend? Yes, who is teaching him how to do this each week online and giving him tips and, and things and he's loving doing that. Uh, so that combined with the guitar that he's playing, um, you know, he, he's, he's enjoying it. Is it a struggle? Yes, sometimes to keep you motivated. But I think they can, you know, it's, it's tough. I, I hope that they'll look back and go, I'm really glad I tried that. Mm -hmm. At the moment, maybe they don't really understand the point and they just want to do other things. But um, certainly for the younger one, he, he has quite a natural inclination towards music and I, and I really want to foster that as much as I can. What I'm hearing you say as well is that he has that musical interest and then you're letting him go beyond just a little bit with the technology and the tools and the things that he really likes. And I think that's how we keep our students on a bench too. Mm. Is if we only have our own agenda and we don't let them have a voice in what they want to do and what they're interested in, that's what I'm finding. I, some students really like to play the blues and want to play the jazz and some people don't. And so I give everyone a taste of it and then I let some go further. And it sounds like that's what you're doing with your son as well. Yes. And I recommend all teachers do that. There is no doubt that that social relevance and connection mm -hmm. is vital. You will lose students these days if you don't make that connection there is no teacher out there well okay there's that small group of teachers that teach the top five percent of students music students in the world who are doing their beethoven concertos at age five and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff that well, let's just leave them aside for everyone else if you're not giving students some social license and opportunity to play what they want and have a connection to the music that they love then 
you will not keep those students. Well, you'll, you'll lose some of those students for sure. That's just the reality of today's society and these sort of tech savvy screen oriented kids. It's really different to 20 years ago. And that's how you and I met. That's mm, as, as we is. were going through the years back, we both were blogging and we both had a fascination with improv chords. And so that that's where our history starts is with that same background. So let, let's take it a little bit further now because Tim's been talking about, okay, he's got his sons organized, he's got his days organized, but you did hit a wall. And so for all of us, when we're feeling like that, what, what kind of advice do you have? And, and how are you self-coaching yourself through this little downtime? I had to really reassess during COVID and remote learning. I had to reassess my not priorities, but my ambition, I guess. Mm. So I hold myself to very, very high standards and I expect a lot of output and work every day. And on a norm, in normal days or normal times pre-COVID, if I didn't hit what I thought was a good amount of work, I would get quite frustrated. And so what I was finding is when the remote learning started and we were being interrupted all the time, and we just couldn't focus on any one thing. I was getting very frustrated with myself because I just wasn't achieving anything. I felt like I wasn't. I was still doing bits and pieces, but it just my productivity had gone from 90% to like 10. And so the, the most important thing I did then was just give myself permission to not achieve very much and, and just lower expectation. Mm-hmm. I had to lower all my expectations. And I did that again this week. I just said, you know what? It's okay. We, we, we had planned to have you on a webinar next week. And I was, you know, it, that was just going to be more work uh, in getting prepared and, and running some ads and getting the registration page up and everything. And I just went, you know what? This, this can wait. We love Leela, but she's going to be super in a month's time as she would be today. So, so taking the pressure off where you can. And just bringing things back to the the basics. So for me, making sure we were still putting out great new content for the members, making sure I was keeping up with my podcast schedule, um, making sure my team were able to continue doing the things that they were doing, and I was helping where I needed to. And oh, we, and we launched the marketplace as well in September. So that was that was a big job. Um, so it just just prioritizing, I think that was the focus, and taking the pressure off the expectation. That has that allowed me to get through the last few months. It really did. Well, to quote Brene Brown, we are not, our status is not dependent upon our productivity. However, <laughs> I do feel the same way as you. I want all those boxes checked. I want to feel like I've accomplished everything. And uh, because life handed us some interesting, some really traumatic things over this past year, I have an angst level now. So it sounds like you reached your angst level too. And I measure everything now. If I'm feeling angst, that is a signal that something has to go away. Right. Yeah. And just taking the pressure off is like a burden releasing in some ways. So you can just, yeah, you just kind of reset where you're at uh, and take a breath. Go, this is okay. I'm doing the best I can. All right, refocus. What can I? What can I do in this amount of time? And I, I just f- found 
for me, I don't know about you, Leila, if, if I want to create fresh things, so if I want to be like record a YouTube video, which we do each week, and I tend to batch them, I'll record a whole mm-hmm. lot at once. If I want to be ready and prepared for that, that is huge energy. I need focus, energy. It tends to be first thing in the morning if I can do it. And my content production, so my ability to write and record videos and things like that, I'll tend to do in the mornings. Um, so during this period when I, our, our children are starting work and have questions at 9 and then 9.06 and then 9.11 <laughs> and then 9.25, uh-huh. I, 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 that time has, I haven't had that time. So I've kind of been restructuring things. So I might do that at the end of the day and try and practice some of my own piano in the morning because it doesn't matter so much if that gets interrupted a few times. Or I'll do some of the work just with my team on Slack or on email or answering questions or whatever it is, those kinds of things that don't require that sort of full focus. And just shuffling things around, that's that's also been important during this period, um, even though it's not really what I want to do. I think you are reflecting on the angst of being an entrepreneur, which all of us as piano teachers really are. We are our CEO. All of us. CFO, yeah. And it is really hard to manage and juggle it. And it didn't really dawn on me until I was talking to my husband who works for a big corporation and he's in global support and there was a big problem. It was escalating. It was going to him. And I said, well, like, aren't you going to think about that all night? And he said, well, no, somebody in Romania is taking over now. And, <laughs> oh, <laughs> if, only. if only I had someone to take <laughs> over for me, but we don't have that. So tell us a little bit about what you do have people take over for you so that mm. you, you can allow a little bit more space in your life? Yeah, this is a great question, Leela. I couldn't possibly do all that I'm doing now without help from a lot of people. And I want to challenge all the teachers out there that this is something that you can certainly take away from this episode. And that is to think about how you can best use your time and see if you can hand over some things that aren't a good use of your time. And the handover might be to software or it might be to a person. And don't get freaked out by either of those two things. Yes, they both cost uh, a little bit of money, but the investment in the time that you save yourself will pay off. I pretty much guarantee it because if you are not spending three hours a week doing billing and administration and issuing invoices and chasing up late payments, you now have three hours a week that you can either spend with your family, that you can use to plan your lessons better, that you can practice your own instrument with, that you can maybe learn some new bit of software that could help you market yourself better and get some more students. Maybe that will give you the time to maybe hire another teacher to take over your waiting list. I mean, there are so many opportunities, but unless you have that time, you'll never get that. And so I really want to recommend that teachers look at those things that they know that they shouldn't be doing or they're not the best at bookkeeping, um, accounts, administration, scheduling, even transferring names from one Google Mm. sheet to another um, writing or sort of perhaps you write your newsletter, but you don't have to press the send button. You certainly don't have to send it individually (laughs) through Gmail to 30 Mm -hmm. students. Uh, All of these things, there are ways to get this off your plate 
and allow you to do other things. And it was um, fascinating. I was speaking to on a podcast coming out. Um, I'm not sure exactly when our episode, this episode will air, Lula, but do you know Julie Duda? She's a, a fabulous teacher and she's one of our sellers on the marketplace. And she was saying that that single thing, getting on top of administration and getting some systems in place was one of the single biggest reasons why she was able to suddenly start creating resources galore and selling them to other teachers and bringing in a new income stream. It was just, that was it. That was really the biggest change. Uh, So for for me, uh, I have um, support from people helping me with things like social media, uh, website development, my community. So we've got uh, Nicola Canton, who many of you will know, mm-hmm. uh, fabulous, our community manager, um, Emily, who looks after our content, um, and a, f- a few a few others. I don't want to mention them all because I'll forget someone and mm. I don't want to upset anybody. A hu- like it, just hugely important to realize though that I did everything at the start and we all do. Mm-hmm. So I handed over one thing at a time for a small number of hours a week and then as your business grows, then that number of people can grow or that the software that you use can, can grow with you. So one thing just, just to mention too, the first person I hired, it was, I think it may have been Nicola to help with my podcasts because I didn't want to spend the time listening back to my podcasts mm-hmm. and creating the show notes. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not sure what you do with your show notes, Leela, but a lot of podcasters will do that. They'll edit their show. Yeah. They'll do all the uploading, which I did, and they'll write the show notes and create all the links. And I thought, there's got to be people out there who are listening who could, <laughs> at the same time as listening, just uh-huh. take some notes <laughs> so I don't have to do that. Uh-huh. And I found that person in Nicola. That was, that was the reason why we, we connected originally. And so that then allowed me, okay, there's another hour a week that I have that I don't have to spend doing that. What can I do with that? Well, let's, let's go on to the next thing. And that, that's the kind of process that I've followed that has allowed me now to go, okay, well, let's start this marketplace. It was an idea I had about two years ago and it finally happened in September and it took a whole lot of work, but I could not have possibly done that if I was still doing my podcast show notes and scheduling all my social media and doing all the support and building my website. I couldn't. <laughs> so and it's only been because I've handed that over. Correct. And what you also handed over was a little bit of your pocketbook. And I think that's what people are so scared of. Like, well, that's going to cost me money. And I think that way. I, there's this little part of me because I have this really conservative background where no, 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 you just got to save all your money. You can't spend it. And then I met a mutual friend, friend Tom Falenta, and he said, Leela, if you want to make money, you got to spend money. And Tommy Falenta is a man yes. I've heard for a while. <laughs> and I'll always remember because I just, my mouth kind of dropped. I'm like, oh, I guess you're right. And, and so I appreciate people like you that inspire me to do that. And there's, I, there's so many people I want to hire in my life and I'm actually waiting for a couple of them to shed a few jobs so that they can help me. But <laughs> I do feel that we need to have that level of angst that we, we can't go above anymore and we do need help. We can't do it ourselves. And I, mm. as entrepreneurs, we probably get a little selfish. It's, it's our empire and how can we give part of it away? And that's going to take so much 
much work to teach somebody else how to do it. And yes, it is work on the front end. But if you compare about what you can make in an hour teaching, and then do you really, that's what you're going to pay yourself for then editing your podcast. Mm. I I don't think I want to spend that much money on me when, when I could spend what half the money and ask someone else, hire someone else to do that. So I appreciate you for that. Yeah. The, the, the thing that a lot of teachers don't realize as well is that there are lots of incredibly talented people in other parts Mm -hmm. of the world where salaries are significantly Mm -hmm. lower and we're talking eight to $10 an hour being a salary for a really great person to join in and help you do stuff with confidence and that speaks fluent English and is can do emails and Google sheets and billing and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, if you compare, if you're charging $80 an hour, 60, 50, whatever it is, Hmm. compare that amount of time that you're spending and that cost, the opportunity cost there versus someone in somewhere like the Philippines who you could pay for $10 an hour uh, that, you know, the, to me, uh, yes, there's an investment, but it's a no-brainer in so many ways because you're providing opportunity for someone else. You're providing employment for someone else, even if it's a contractor kind of uh, arrangement, and you're getting something off your plate. And I'll just give you one tip, you and the listeners, one tip, mm-hmm. Leela. If you repeatedly do something online that you could uh, record yourself doing so let's say you are literally you're in my music staff and you're copying um, names from the Google sheet across. And let's say you have to do that every week and it takes you half an hour, then stop doing it. Well, actually, no, don't stop doing it. <laughs> Record yourself doing it the next time you do it. So just go on Snagit or Screen Cam or any of the screen recorders. There's lots of them out there. Most of them are free. Record yourself doing it and talk through it. So the first thing you do is you open My Music Stuff and over here you click the name and then you copy that field and you open the Google Doc over here and then you paste it here and you show someone doing what, what you're doing. Yeah. Save that file and find someone to do that task yeah. for you. That is the smoothest, simplest way to get that job off your plate. And mm-hmm. another thing that I do is I make a list of all the things that I don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And as I go through yes. it, record a video for each one of them and then try and find someone that can help you with those things. I was going to do a podcast on, uh, it was going to be called my not to-do list and just talk about all the things I don't want to do anymore. So mm. I think that's a very healthy way of thinking through. I love yeah. that idea of just recording steps like that. That's perfect. Mm. And then people are thinking, okay, well, where do I find these people, Tim? Yes. Well, Thank you. Upwork is where I recommend okay. you go. And there are VAs, virtual assistants galore on Upwork. And if you filter them by the areas of expertise that they have, so it might be Google Sheets, it might be that you probably will be unlikely to find someone that does my music staff, but any good <laughs> VA, if you show them what to do, they'll be able to do it. Uh, you can sh- you know, sh- filter by top rated, 100% positive ratings, $1,000 or more earned or 10000 whatever you'd like to do. So there's, there's ways of filtering down uh, and try and find that person. And you can search by the income, their rec- recommended hourly rate, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just jump in and try. 
And you gave me a name for someone when I had my WordPress site, and I so appreciated that. And I think it was through Upworks or something, but it's nice to mm. have recommendations as well. So yeah, but we'll help. make sure that we'll add Upworks to the show notes. Any other systems or tools, uh, my music staff, I use that as well. And any other tools that you can highly recommend? Well, I did a, an Instagram, I've been going on Instagram stories recently, Leila. Okay. That's probably another okay. reason why I'm exhausted. <laughs> new, new, <laughs> trying a new Instagram strategy. Instagram, yes. Um, if, you're not, if you're interested in more of the behind the scenes of what I do, then jump on my Instagram and look, watch my stories. Uh, I, I shared a video yesterday of how I use software called Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R.com. Are you familiar with Zapier? No. Mm-mm. So Zapier is an integration app that just connects one software to another and you just in a, in a flow on screen, you say, okay, in, if I get a new member of my Facebook group, then add them to my email automation and send them this email. Or if uh, a new row is added to this Google sheet, then uh, add uh, an Instagram post or if the, the, so it's just if then that. Yes, And this is incredibly powerful software. And again, I just always think when I'm starting something new. So for a prime example, I've got my marketplace open on my right-hand screen here, which has just reminded me. Every time we get a new seller in, I want to send them an onboarding sequence of emails to say, hey, so here's the first thing you need to do. Here's the next thing. I could manually enter them all in and send them an email. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think like that. I think, okay, I'm going to set up an automation which has these emails in it and then I'm going to put them in. But I don't want to have to manually put them into this series. So I use Zapier. When I get this email saying, hey, a new seller's registered, it will put them in this sequence for me so I don't have to do that. Why? So there's lots of ways around manual stuff when it comes to online systems. And I just love sharing these ideas because it's such a time saver. But yes, there is an investment. There will always be an investment, guys. And you you have to realize that a $20 a month investment in a piece of software that saves you three hours a week (laughs) is still making you money in the long run as long as you charge more than $10 an hour. (laughs) <laughs> for the three hours or, you know, well, that's does that make sense? Layla? Another thing, yes, that we could be talking about <laughs> is what we need to charge, but we won't go there today. Uh, okay. Thank you. Yes. For underscoring the, the fact that we do need to spend some money on ourselves. It's, it's self-compassion is what it is, is getting ourselves above all our tasks so that we can do what we really want to do. And that is to hopefully make some great musicians right. or make yeah. good practicers or, build some discipline in someone who needed it. You know, there's so many wonderful things that we can offer our students. So Tim, is there anything else that we missed that we need to talk about? Otherwise I want to go to my spark questions. All right. Uh, I, I look, there are so many cool things that we could talk about, Leela. <laughs> but, uh, but I no, look. I think I think that's been that's been really useful. I would just say, you know, if if people are interested in some of these things, then do yeah, check out my Instagram and and come along for the ride. I'm trying to share as much as I can about what I do when I set up a podcast and interview someone and things like that. It's been great to see how many people are doing podcasts. Congratulations on yours. Okay, well, Lula. thank you. I, yeah. how, why did, I didn't say that at the start. I'm sorry. Uh, it's great to see all these new podcasts popping up. Well, 
I was told by Sam Coates, good friend, she was told that in Australia, one of the things not to do during the pandemic is to start a podcast. But here I am. Why is that? (laughs) I don't know. Probably because everybody is. Everybody's doing it. And it's been on my list for a long time and I've wanted to do it. And it's definitely a passion. It's a labor of love. There's nothing involved that right now I think is making me any money, but that's, that was my choice. That's what I wanted to do. And I'm good with that. And we all need to have those other parts of our lives that money is not the ultimate uh, driver. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, and I follow you with, follow your lead on all your pioneer, pioneering into this whole new world of creating an environment for piano teachers that thrives and sees beyond the notes on the page. Mm, So mm. I'm very, we've always been well aligned like that. We have, have. and and you're an absolute natural when it comes to interviewing and being on camera and stuff like that. So keep it up. Well, thank you. Well, I'm not going to let you off the hook. I'm going to remember to ask these questions. I have a few oh, damn it, I thought I'd questions. Be distracting. Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. We all want to know, because I'm, I, I like to be a little nosy. What's your favorite movie soundtrack? Okay. My kids asked me the other day, what's your favorite song? Mm-hmm. What? How no. do you choose a favorite song in the like billions of songs out there? It's pretty similar with this one, Leela. It's a tough one. I, I do, do know that I love Hans Zimmer's work. So I'm particularly thinking, I love space movies as well. So Interstellar, mm-hmm. Inception, I love the soundtracks for those. Gladiator 2, amazing music. And I'm going to throw one, sorry, I know you wanted one, but I couldn't do yeah, that. that's okay. Daft Punk created the soundtrack for Tron's Legacy. Now that movie okay. is really, the soundtrack to that is epic. Hmm. I'm, an, I'm a big EDM fan, so things with dance music kind of production values. Okay. I love. That's yeah. it. All right. Well, we will look for those or we'll listen to for those. Thank you. <laughs> What's one book you couldn't teach without? Well, fun question, isn't it? Given that I love teaching without books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so can I can I say that I I there there isn't one book because I don't rely on books very much, in all honesty. Uh, and I really choose books to suit the kids as mm-hmm. much as I possibly mm-hmm. can. So I hope this isn't a, seen as a bit of a lame cop out, but I'm actually going to say that I don't use books as much. And there isn't one that I can't teach without because I, when I do use them, I use lots of different ones. And there's no book that you use as a, f- what, a philosophy, a, a frame of mind, that kind of a book. Because I'm not even talking it, about a method book, but text. Oh, okay. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know, you know, the books awesome. I read mostly these days uh, tend to be marketing and online marketing books. <laughs> okay. So, here's um, a question then. What piece of software could you not teach without? Uh, good one. I would say... Oh, it's so hard to narrow it down again because I love the community building that Tanara brings. I love the fact that my music staff automates billing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I love the ability to buy music online so easily with places like music nights. Uh, So, oh my goodness, it's, it's very difficult. 
That you is. Know, you, you, these smart questions. I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I know <laughs> it's hard. I don't know what I would answer anyway. So good for you. You just gave us a couple. That's good. And then what would your favorite podcast be? Okay. This one, I can give you one. Okay, good. Business Wars. Oh, I love that one. Are you familiar with it? Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant. If you haven't listened to it, even if you're not really passionate about entrepreneurship, you, as a business owner, as a studio owner, you will get value from this. Oh. And this podcast just tells the stories of the big business wars, Pepsi versus Coke, Nike versus Adidas, uh, Southwest Airlines versus or everyone else. Um, <laughs> and I remember that. I think the Southwest Airlines was one of the first ones I listened to. Oh. Go and listen to some of these episodes. Microsoft versus Xbox. Oh, brilliant. And they've just brought out, they've just been doing Domino's versus Pizza Hut. Yes, I saw that. Amazon versus Walmart. Oh. Uh, okay, my favorite, so because that was the very first one I listened to, was Netflix versus Blockbuster. Oh, Amazing. yes. Amazing. And oh, yes. Blockbuster. Like, mm. Yeah. They Bye-bye. have some interesting business business <laughs> practices, sure but it is. It's so fascinating. It, was, and- was Blockbuster the one that sent someone to the Netflix mm-hmm. yes. factory yep. Yep. as a posing, as a yes. interested, oh, I just want to have a look around. Yeah. How and, is that? and when you think about what Netflix did, they were sending us DVDs in the mail. And mm, now yeah. look at them. Now they're producing their own shows. It, it's yeah. Remarkable. It, and that's that creativity. That's that way of reinventing yourself and automating what you can. So, that, yeah, there's many lessons to be learned by listening to Business mm. Wars. Very good pick. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of those companies are ones that I, I aspire to. I would love to, to, to build a, a company of that kind of magnitude that can just create great stuff for people and support teachers. And, yeah, I, I really... Yeah, really value what those kind of companies have done, which is why I love listening to stories and reading books about them, the Elon Musks and mm-hmm. SpaceXs and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, maybe there will be a book about Tim Topham someday and <laughs> how he built maybe. his empire. <laughs> I think I'll have to write it though. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be okay. We'd still read it. <laughs> well, a book, a book so- was on the cards this year, actually, Leela. Oh, it was? A little sneak peek, yeah. Oh. And I started writing it in March and then okay. we all know what happened. Yeah. So I'll, I want to try and get back to that next next year if I can. Exciting. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there will be people that will be interested in reading it. You've just made your, your name well-known throughout the world. Congratulations. And I'm Thank very you. thrilled that you were here sharing your time with me. I know your time is precious. And it's automated. (laughs) Yes. If anything else, we know that Tim automates and uh, I'm inspired by that. And I always learn something from you. You've always got some kind of new trick and some kind of new, new program we have to try. So thank you so much for inspiring us over and over again. Pleasure, Leela. And thank you for all that you do. You have an amazing blog, great resources. You're a wonderful person. And I'm just delighted that we can call each other friends. It's wonderful. Thanks so much, Tim. Till next time. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. We can't do it all. Sometimes those duck legs beneath the water need time to slow down. Perhaps we all need an angstometer, which turns us off before we drown. While we wait for one to be invented, use the time to reassign the parts of your life that leave you feeling depleted.
My conversation with Tim reminded me of a book called Free to Focus by Michael Hyatt, where he advises to stop getting the wrong things done. Two of his recommended steps in this process of doing the right thing are delegate and automate. Just as Tim suggests, if an undesirable task is sucking up precious time, hire someone else to do it. I leave you with this quote from Michael Hyatt. Productivity is not about getting more things done. It's about getting the right things done. Last November, I claimed take courage as my mantra. That mantra and the fact that I personally know the fear of spending money on automation compelled me to share one more quote from Michael Hyatt. Courage is the willingness to act in spite of fear. For the show notes and links to Tim's site and the tools we discussed, head to lilavis.com slash key ideas. Until next time, see you in the trenches.